Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Talking Metal Podcast. Before we get into the episode, I just want to let you know that today's guest is drummer Chuck Berge. And if you don't know Chuck, you need to know Chuck because Chuck has such an amazing story to tell us. He's played with everyone from Bon Jovi to uh, Richie Blackmore to Jolyn Turner to, of course, Billy Joel. I just saw him play a sold-out show at Madison Square Garden with Billy Joel. It was absolutely incredible. I hope to go see him again this summer with Billy Joel sold out at the Garden, Madison Square Garden, that is. But before we get into the interview with Chuck, I just want to say thank you to the patrons of Patreon. You guys make this show happen. You do. You really do. And you are really the blood of Talking Metal with your monthly support. So let's do it right now. Let's give a shout out to each and every one of you. Let's start off with Brad. Brad Dal Dahl. Brad, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. I'm terrible pronouncing last names, which is why I usually have Emily run down this list of names. But Brad, it was great hanging with you briefly at M3. And wow, I always have such a good time at M3. And it's, it was so ni- nice to catch up with you. I hope you uh, are wearing your Talking Metal t-shirt. And again, thank you for joining us here on Patreon, Brad. Also want to give a big shout out to Emma, who upped her monthly pledge. Emma from Australia, Emma Clayton, thank you again for your support on Patreon. Steve Hoker, thank you. Mike Jones, Dan Gruawan, Metal Dan, Jerry from Long Island, Stephen Saylor, Brad, oh, I said Brad already, Patrick Schwartzman, Joe Joe from Hairbrained, the uh, great concept for a cartoon. Uh, Maybe you'll hear more about that later. Uh, Patrick Schwartzman. Wait, I already said that. Yeah, okay. Fred Roots, Sam Soupy, Drake, Matt Carroll, Jay Vaninsky, Jason Seth, Jean-Francois Blas, Ron Keel, James Bennett, Sean Morgan, Mr. David S. Gray, Michael Street, 
Richard Landridge, Miles Atwood, Anthony Mackey, Jonathan Turner, John Bovari, and Ralph Petrie. Thanks, dudes. I hope I didn't miss anybody there. And uh, thank you so much to you folks. I really appreciate it. And if you don't do the Patreon thing, you don't want to do the Patreon thing, I encourage you to use our Talking Metal links to take you over to Amazon to do all your regular shopping and no extra cost or anything. You just have to go to TalkingRock.net into the support section and use our Amazon links. They're they're actually listed all over the place on TalkingRock.net and TalkingMetal.com. That's my website. Um, Yeah, so use those Amazon links. Before you go to Amazon. And uh, yeah, I get a small percentage back on any purchase you make. Buying dog food, go to TalkingRock.net and use the Amazon links before you do it. You get it. Uh, Also, you can buy a t-shirt. They're $20. Just hit my PayPal up, uh, which is also linked through the show notes on TalkingRock.net. And you can uh, buy a sweatshirt. Those are $60. They're a little more expensive. I have mediums through extra larges. They are pullover hoodies. I know that's an expensive price, but they're really freaking cool. And just think of it as a way to uh, support the show and get a little something back. Cool. So I would love to have you support the show in any way you can, guys. I appreciate it. Or just give a a one-time PayPal donation. That's welcome, too. All right. Here we go. Here we go. God, Chuck Berge, this guy, what a history. Black Label presents Heavy Montreal, the heaviest festival in Canada. Back for a 10th edition, two days of rock and metal. July 27th and 28th, outdoors at Parc Jean Drapeau. Witness Slayer perform their last show in Quebec ever. Performances by Ghost, Godsmack, Evanescence, Slash, Anthrax, Steel Panther, Kill Switch Engage, and many more. 40 bands playing four stages on a festival site that you have to see to believe. Festival passes are on sale now. Visit HeavyMontreal.com. Produced by Avanco. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. Here's an old classic that sounds just as good today as it did when we were kids.
classic by Rainbow right there. Richie Blackmore, Roger Glover, Jolyn Turner, David Rossa, Rossenthal, Rossenthal on the keys. And of course, today's guest, Chuck Berge on the drums right there. Uh, that track is off the Bent Out of Shape album, produced by the one and only Roger Glover, who produced some stuff for Judas Priest, and of course we know as the bassist of Deep Purple. Uh, what, a, what a history Blackmore and Glover had, and what a history Chuck Berge has. He is the drummer on that track right there. I just saw him play a sold-out show at Madison Square Garden. He does some work with Steve Brown, he's going to tell us about, and Ted Poley. So well, there's so much to this guy's career. It is absolutely mind-blowing, truly mind-blowing. And what an honor to talk with the one and only Chuck Berge. I did want to mention we are giving away heavy Montreal tickets. Just go to TalkingRocked.net to the show notes for this episode. This episode is 812. And right in the show notes for this episode, you will see how you can get free tickets to heavy Montreal on July 27th and 28th, of course, you have to get yourself to, to Montreal to experience it. But it is just a great, great festival that I love so much. I go just about every year. This will probably be the last time I ever seen Slayer play live at Heavy Montreal this summer. Ghost is playing. Everyone knows I love Ghost. Godsmack, Evanescence, Slash. Anthrax, Steel Panther, In This Moment, we have a long history with them, Killswitch Engage, Clutch, I love Clutch, Gamma Ray, wow, this lineup is absolutely insane, Quiet Riot is playing, I just saw Quiet Riot at M3 and they blew my mind, so good, so good, Dying Fetus, All That Remains, a little stoner rock with Fu Manchu, Corrosion of Conformity, Cancer Bats, Devin Townsend, jeez, it goes on and on. Mountain Dust, Dirty Honey, Knocked Loose, Terror, Man, Cataclysm, Municipal Waste, a great band I've seen them, and Metal Church, man, I'm psyched to see Metal Church, so good, so good, so let's get up there to Heavy Montreal, the tickets are free, man, they're on me, just go to our site and link on through to the heavy Montreal site. It's a special link and they'll give you tickets courtesy of talking metal. Um, of course there's a limited amount of them. So, you know, they're going to restock them every month or so, but go there now, man, the tickets are yours. All right. Just get up to heavy Montreal. Um, even if you, if you're considering going, go grab the free tickets. All right. Let me know if you have any problems, shoot me an email at mark at talkingmetal.com. Again, the link for free heavy Montreal tickets is located in the show notes for episode 812 on talkingmetal.com. So without further ado, let's get into some great music here. This is Chuck Berge on the drums. It is called Pick Up the Pieces, and it is by Tokyo Motor Fist. Again, it also features Ted Poley and Steve Brown. And uh, breaking news, guys, there's a second album on the way by Tokyo Motor Fist, so I cannot wait to hear that. This, again, is off the first album. It's called Pick Up the Pieces. Go buy this tune on iTunes or stream it on Spotify, whatever you do, uh, support it and listen to it. So we're going to play most of the song here, but not quite all of it. So if you want to get all of it, go and uh, check it out. There's also a music video for this song that's worth worth checking out. And again, this is Ted Poley on vocals of Danger Danger fame, Steve Brown of also Danger Danger fame and Trickster and Def Leppard fame, Greg Smith on the bass and Chuck Berge on the drums. After we hear a sound sample of this song, we will get into my great, uh, I think it's great. 
I mean, <laughs> it's great because Chuck is great. He's got great stories. My great interview with Chuck Berge here on Talking Metal. Mark Striegel, and you are listening to Talking Metal. That song right there called Pick Up the Pieces by Tokyo Motor Fist. <laughs> and I'm talking with the drummer right now, Chuck Berge. How are you, Chuck? Hey, Mark. I'm really well, and it's a pleasure to be talking to you about all things rock, whether they be really hard, heavy, or uh, have a little piano in them. Yeah, as well. <laughs> absolutely, man. Absolutely. Cool. Well, well, Chuck, we on this podcast we focus uh, on the hard rock stuff. So, but obviously cool. you've done a lot more than that. So, I do definitely want to touch upon other things that you've done. But just 
ahead of time to warn you, we may kind of, you know, dig in with the uh, the Richie Blackmore stuff and oh, Joe that's, Turner. You know, that's fine. Uh, it, it's really funny because if you had told me 25, 30 years ago that I'd be playing at this point, uh, the biggest shows in my life were the piano man, right, right. Uh, a piano player, and a guy who also wrote a famous waltz. Uh, you know, I'd be like, yes, the fuck, but uh, Billy's a huge metal fan. Anyway, I've read as that. Well. Yeah. And and uh, he's uh, he loves Cream. You know, he loves uh, Hendrix. Uh, uh, he's a huge Zeppelin fan. And so we've we've uh, we've kind of woven some moments into his show, uh, only because we finally uh, got a guy that could sing Robert Plan. Um, and we uh, and he loves pulling out some Zeppelin. Uh, he, he wasn't as much into Blackmore and Deep Purple, which I find kind of weird. Uh, but by the time they came along, he was already pretty much into his career. Uh, by the time they started really getting known, he was already pretty deep into his piano career. Uh, but he's a huge, uh, heavy fan. And, uh, and, 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 and really, I think, a frustrated guitar player. When, he hits the, when I play with him, I imagine him crushing a guitar. Right, right on. That makes that that yeah, makes yeah. any sense, you know. Yeah. And I think that he he's written a lot of parts that are very very Van Halen is very very eighth notey, very you know cool stuff uh, that 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 can and does translate to a guitar. But uh, he, I, I know that you know uh, in all these years that I've been uh, loving rock and loving guitar based music. Uh, uh, working with him, at least we have the same passions as well. Right uh, even though he's a, he's a keyboard player. So and <laughs> wow, man, your career. I mean, Al Demiola, Hall and Oates, Rainbow, Joe Lynn Turner, Blue Oyster Cult, <laughs> Meatloaf, Bolton, Bon Jovi, Diana Ross. You know, I, I've heard of I've heard of a few of these people. I know. You know, it's it's really weird. Um, I, I think the last uh, interview I did was with Matt Mitch uh, Lafon, as we were just pre- previously yeah. taping talking about. And uh, and I think halfway through it, I started just getting weirded out because the one thing I wanted most when I was growing up was just just being a band. Just I want to be in a band. I want to kind of you know grow my my own skills and my own vision uh, and and a, and a group music. And I've gotten that uh, actually I've gotten that uh, ability and I've gotten that uh, situation handed to me over and over again. Uh, and the weird thing is, it's just I've had to keep kind of reinventing, I guess, who I am to respond to those situations. So right I've on. been really blessed to uh, work with a lot of great people in rock and roll Absolutely. and um, and be a part of some seminal moments, uh, as well as uh, great tours. Uh, I always I always wanted to kind of try and do a bit of both play live and play on albums. So I've been able to do a smattering of that. And I've been really, really fortunate. Awesome. Well, let's talk about the song we just heard. Uh, guitarist Steve Brown on that, Ted mm. Poley. That came out a couple yep. years ago. Great stuff. How did you guys all come together? <clears throat> well, let's see. I know it was through Greg Smith, uh, one of my favorite people in the music business. He's been with, uh, let's see. Oh, man. He's been with Ted Nugent for the last 10 years. I know he's going out this cool. summer again with Ted. Um, he was working with Alice Cooper, I think, when I met him. But uh, nonetheless, he called me up and said, hey, I, I know this guy who's looking for a drummer. 
he's got a Van Halen cover band. And this happened to be when um, I had gotten off the road from Billy and it, it kind of looked like we might not really play again. So I was just into checking everything out. So I got together with Steve and, uh, and saw the band. Uh, it was a Van Halen cover band, I believe called Unchained. Uh, saw them in New York City. I thought they were amazing. And I was immediately, oh my God, another rock god has come into my life on guitar. Uh, and that's Steve Brown. So, you know, and we've kept in touch. I actually worked with the Van Halen band for a very short period of time. Spent a lot of time learning, finally learning songs that I'd already always loved. But I was never in a band with anybody that could play that stuff. Um, it was always more... Well, you know, more purple, more more heavier guitar that wasn't as so unique as Eddie's style, and um, and so after playing a couple of gigs with uh, Unchained and with Steve being a uh, you know an Eddie clone, um, right he eventually we just stayed in touch and he eventually reached out and said, "I have a product, a project, and a product we got to make for uh, Frontiers." And would you be interested? And I said, dude, count me in. And then it turns out he wanted to include uh, Greg Smith, one of my favorite bass players. We've done a bunch of albums together. We've done a pile of touring together. Uh, we were on stage and moving out in uh, the, the Billy Joel Twilight Tharp um, Broadway show. That was our only stint on Broadway. And then we right. both went back to being road dogs. But it was through Greg Smith. And I love Stevie to death. He is just a, a supreme talent who I think the world has gotten a bit of a taste of in the last couple of years while he was sitting at in for Vivian, um, uh, and Def, Def Leppard. Leppard. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then he did a couple of gigs for Phil as well. Phil has some issues he had to, uh, leave the tour for, but, uh, yeah. So yeah. that was, uh, that was my first step back into hard rock land in a long time. Right. And, Very uh, cool. boy, boy, yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, so I want to I want to definitely talk to you about your your work with Billy Joel, but let's just jump way way back and get a little little bit of your history. Brand X, you basically <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but we're going way back. You basically replaced the one and only Phil Collins in that band. Is that a correct statement? Yes, that is a correct statement, and uh, um, yeah, and that was uh, the year after uh, I had done really my first official tour with uh, Al Dimiola on his first solo uh, album tour uh, and his first foray out of uh, Return to Forever. And back then, that's all I listened to was, um, I guess you call it fusion now. You know, yeah, I think we yeah. called it fusion then. Mahavishnu, uh, I was a huge Brand X fan. And uh, in typical fashion, I, I, I will say that living in Jersey and living fairly close to New York has had an enormous uh, impact on my career because the people I've met and grown up with uh, all have their ears to the pavement and ears to situations that are uh, arising. And uh, I magically had a chance to uh, really, I guess it was in Brand X, it was uh, rehearse and, and actually jam with Percy and, and a guitarist friend of mine that, that they had Sent Percy over, who was pretty much the spokesman for the band, and uh, they were they were looking to replace Phil for an album. <clears throat> so I uh, I won the jackpot with that as far as working with amazing players, having to really step my game up, and uh, I didn't sleep for like like the two months that we were putting that album together because wow. there was just 
it was just an incredible uh, challenge to play some of that stuff and to yeah. remember it. <laughs> I listen to it now. I was like, I actually could remember that stuff. Wow. Uh, cool. and, <laughs> anyway. And, and Phil oh, left yeah. that band to go to Genesis, obviously, right? Well, what happened was Phil had been in Genesis. In fact, Phil was a founding member of Brand X. And, uh, and what happened was they did a record when Peter uh, Gabriel left. And it was called, and then there were three. And, uh, and then suddenly they started having this huge hit in America called Follow You, Follow Me. And uh, Phil and Genesis, Phil had another album to do with uh, Brand X. Um, but he was like, I can't do it. I got to go on the road. And we, right, they okay. started touring the States. And then they, Brand X was looking for a drummer. So, gotcha. uh, yeah. And that was kind of at the very peak of what I think you would call fusion. So I kind of just snuck in under the wire, um, satisfied my, my desire to play that crazy type stuff in front of a lot of people and mainly guys. But, um, and then, uh, and then that, that whole era kind of changed and kind of went away or morphed into something else, you know, the eighties, whatever. Awesome. And I did want to mention too the band Balance with uh, a guy that mm-hmm. all us Kiss fans know, Bob Kulick. Oh my talk, God! Yeah, bet. talk to us a little bit about Balance and and Bob. Balance uh, <clears throat> again, but uh, I uh, I had known who Bobby was, never met him, uh, um, and I had I was in the process of leaving Hall and Oates, and uh, the guitar and the bass player actually called me up and said, "Hey." Uh, you know what? There's a band that's looking for a drummer. Uh, they had done an album with one of the top studio guys in the world, uh, um, Andy Newmark, and their first album was out. And they were looking to put a band together to tour and hopefully do a second album. And so um, my friend called me and said, would you want to be doing it? I was like, oh, totally. Uh, so I, I guess I called Bob and it was a cold call. Hey, uh, John Stiegler told me to call you, and he was like, oh, cool. Well, we're going to have an, a couple of auditions. I guess it was at SIR uh, in Midtown, which is now, I think, condos or something horrifying. But okay. uh, back then, they had a, a 52nd Street complex. Anyway, so yeah, so, so I played with them, and they were like, you're in. Uh, we, we, we did a bunch of local gigs and then uh, and a couple of regional gigs, and then they wanted to start working on the second album. So uh, we did a, a taping of, oh, my God, a couple of TV shows. In fact, Pepe, the lead singer, and I haven't seen him in years, but he posted a video on YouTube uh, of us doing um, a video for their, their their big hit that we went top 40. It's called Breaking Away, and it's cool. really a cool song. So, so I had a lot of fun with them. And, and then through Bobby, I started doing other, other sessions, um, and uh, I really would credit him for dragging me in to situations that I, I wouldn't have known anybody to get my foot in that door uh, the session work. at that point. Yeah. Yep. Session work albums, uh, the Bon Jovi album, um, uh, Di- Diana Ross, because uh, Kiss, I mean, Gene from uh, Gene Simmons was going out with Diana at the time. Right. Uh, and, and I'm trying to think, let's see, a couple other sessions, uh, Michael Bolton's album, uh, his first solo record. So, because uh, I think uh, Bruce was in Blackjack with me. That's with correct, him. yes. Yeah, but then Bruce was busy doing something else when it was time to do the Bolt now. So I guess Bobby was uh, sucked into it. And uh, and me along with that and a, and a bunch of other great guys. So, yeah, Bobby, I will definitely credit uh, to dragging me into 
uh, the deeper rock and roll slash um, recording scene in Manhattan. Uh, thank you, Bob. Very cool. Very Forever. cool. And I guess Forever was it grateful. before was it before Balance that you did the the Rainbow stint in your first stint with them on the beat, the Bent Out of Shape album and tour? Actually, no. It was after. No, um, okay. I, it was it was literally it was literally about a year after we did the second Balance album. Um, there were major problems at the at the um, record station uh, record um, record company, and they. They wanted to cut the fat out, and Balance was one of the bands they wanted to drop, and they eventually did. And uh, we tried to keep it together. We struggled doing a whole nother demo for a third album, trying to shop it around. But then in the course of that, I got a call from Jolyn Turner and Roger Glover. Uh, so it was, uh, it was serendipitous, and it was awesome. So I literally went from Balance to uh, Rainbow. Cool. Well, I'll tell you what, right now we're going to listen to a Rainbow song. This is Can't Let You Go off the Ben Out of Shape record. We are talking with Mm. Chuck Berge here on Talking Metal.
Little Rainbow here on Talking Metal, and the guy who played drums on that track is with us right now. Chuck, so <laughs> a kind of uh, interesting time in Richie Blackmore Rainbow history right there because you guys do this record, which I thought was fairly success- successful. I mean, Street of Dreams was a pretty big hit on FM radio. And then I, I believe shortly after that, at least Glover and Blackmore take off to reform the classic lineup of, of Deep Purple. So I guess let's let's start with your entrance into that band. You said you got a call from JoLynn Turner and and Roger to what come down and right. jam and how how had well, they? Well, I had yeah. So before Ben Out of Shape was begun. They held auditions for a drummer. Um, they, they had already uh, had Bobby exit, and they held auditions out in Long Island. And Joey called me. Joey and I are old friends, and um, I had been thrilled for him when he got into Rainbow because they that stuff suited him perfectly. And he was always into Purple. Um, he's also a great was a great guitar player. I don't know if he's still playing, Joe. But oh, wow. uh, I didn't know. When that. I met him and knew him, he was an awesome guitar player. Uh, and lead singer. So uh, uh, in any case, I auditioned for Rainbow, uh, and Roger Roger loved the way I played. Richie, for some reason, passed on me uh, at the end of that rehearsal. Wow. Uh, I, I had a feeling, well, Richie wasn't into me, but Roger came running up and saying, hey, I'm doing a solo record. You want, did you want to start doing it? And I was like, yeah. So I actually started recording with Roger. Um, had nothing to do with Joe. Roger was going to do vocals on it, and uh, and we had done a couple of songs before he had to leave for Copenhagen to start doing Ben Out of Shape. And uh, they were there for a couple of weeks. And suddenly I got a call one night and both of them were pretty much in their cups. And they were like, dude, you have to come over here like now. Wow. And I was like, well, what's going on? So apparently the drummer wasn't working out. <clears throat> Excuse me. They were uh, they had been there for two weeks and had didn't get anything done that uh, anybody thought was worthy of a record. So uh, I had a meeting with uh, their manager and literally within a couple of days, I was on a plane and my gear uh, off to, uh, to Copenhagen, Denmark. And uh, first day I got in there, I was jet lagged and I had to play a soccer game. <laughs> wow. yeah. Happened an awful lot because uh, Richie was a freak. And when he found out I played, it was just like, that's it. I, I guess one of the crew guys called me up, woke me up out of like a sound sleep because I got in early in the morning. And after I got through customs and stuff, they took me to the uh, hotel. I was down and out. And the guy calls me up. And I'm like, huh? And he's like, do you play soccer? But yeah. Did you play in school? I was like, yeah. Uh, well, we have a game in two hours. Wow. And I was like, what? So, so your soccer that. skills uh, sold you to Blackboard over your drumming. That's, no, that's... I, I don't know. <laughs> no, you know right. I, I don't know what it was. I'm just I kidding think, you. I really think, yeah. Well, you know, um, we did play an awful lot of soccer. And at the time, that was my <clears throat> my sport of interest. And I played it all the time in my spare time. So uh, it, it didn't hurt uh, being pretty good at it. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, and, and, uh, and then I guess the other half of it was the Joey and Roger implored Richie that, like, look, we're not going to finish this record with this guy, so let's get Bergie in here. And um, thank, thankfully, they, they talked him into it. And, and, and to be honest, my situation with Richie in the studio was very tense. I don't wow. know why, but he put me through the ringer, and uh, I, you know, 
I, I really had my hands full trying to get that record done. And it was, for me, a total session. Uh, there's only one song that I, I had any time to really uh, kind of develop, uh, and that was Street of Dreams. Really? Um, okay. But, uh, uh, but uh, well, and <clears throat> I don't know if you've ever heard of a book called The Other Side of Rainbow, a guy named Greg Prado. Mm, but uh, in I've it, he's it. interviewed all of us. Yeah, it, and it's really insightful if there's anybody out there that liked Rainbow and all its incarnations. Uh, he reached out to everybody that was in the band uh, with me at the time and interviewed them. And then, of course, uh, 12 years later, I subsequently toured with Richie again through Greg Smith once again uh, on their Stranger in a, in a Soul right, uh, okay. album tour. I didn't do the record, but I toured with that, Richie again. That was so, in the mid-90s, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, 95, I believe. And so... So once we finished the record, it was really a tooth puller and had so many weird moments. Uh, I thought, that's it. <laughs> I got a, uh, I, I went back and finished a Rogers record and I just, you know, I was thinking, well, this ain't, this ain't going to happen. And uh, I got a call from their manager again saying, you know, Richie wants you to come on tour. Wow. And I was, I was like, yeah, I was like, incredulous. And I have to say, though, once we started rehearsing for tour and once we started playing live, he was a completely different person to me. We got along great. We had, I just, I just had the best time in that band. Wow. Uh, cool. But it was really night and day. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Interesting. Do you ever hear from Richie nowadays or, or no? I've, I've, no, I've never, I haven't heard from him in years. I reached yeah. out to him uh, with a friend of mine who I was working with who had done um, Blackmore's Night for a couple of years. He was a keyboard player, uh, Carmine Gillio. And uh, one one night, he was like, hey, let's call Richie. And I was like, okay. So uh, we were out in Long Island, and we were hoping to have a, a drink with him, but we never got him to pick up. So uh, okay. that's, as, that's as close as it got. Right. right uh, and I miss him. He was, he, was a, he was a wild, weird, you know, one of a kind, and totally my hero when I was growing up. Him, Hendrix, uh, Clapton on guitar, and Paige. Uh, they were, you know, they were the guys. Um, Absolutely. So, uh, Getting able, getting to play with Richie was really one of the highlights of my life. That's um, awesome. And uh, certainly once we started playing live, and once I did the second tour 12 years later, it was nothing but just flat-out fun and, and a real challenge every night. That is awesome. And in the time we have remaining, we obviously have to talk about uh, Billy Joel. I'm coming to see you this Friday. You're playing a little place called Madison Square Garden. Uh, oh, totally, the yeah, awesome. totally psyched to see you guys. And, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about this. I saw moving out on Broadway back in 2000. Mm -hmm. I'm guessing it had to be 2002, 2003. Would that have yes. been you on the drums when I saw that? Uh, most, most of the time. Yes. Uh, I, I, towards the end, uh, I started subbing out towards the end of 2004 and five. I started subbing out, uh, almost half the show. Because it, it just beat me up. Uh, I had never done two hours, eight two-hour shows a week. <laughs> right. Yeah. Week in, week out, week in, week out. Uh, it was amazing. So, uh, yeah, chances are it was me. And, and really playing with Billy is, uh, again, the highlight, if for no other reason, then it's been going on longer than any other band I've ever been in. I'm in my 14th year with him. And he is, he is the coolest guy. He's the coolest guy, coolest boss. He, on stage, 
uh, I have worked with some of the finest people and they have skated on shows sometimes. And, and I've never known Billy to do anything but go out and give me 110%, even if he's got the flu or even if he has he's right lost his voice. He is, he's a madman. And he's, I think he's singing better now than ever. Uh, I've grown to love his whole catalog of songs, which are as varied as the Beatles, in my estimation. In fact, I often refer to him as the American Beatle, you know. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think it's an awesome show. Everybody in that band are some of my favorite people and players. Uh, our, our MD and a second keyboard player is Dave Rosenthal from, <laughs> you know, from the three albums uh, or four that he did with uh, uh, Richie uh, back in the early 80s. Uh, Been Out of Shape and... Uh, uh, what um, anyway, you know, right. then I shape a, 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 the one with I surrender on it. Yeah, uh, shape between the eyes. But... Uh, yeah. So, um, in in any case, uh, it's an incredible band. It is just it is just tough to talk about in a very quick, like moment because right. it's monumental. What that the garden is my office <laughs> once yeah. a month, uh, and then this year for the rest of the year we're going to do. Another show each month, sometimes two, and they're all stadiums, and they're all sold out. Wow, so it is, it's amazing. Billy's riding a, a crest of popularity, which, A, is most deserved, but is also just unprecedented. Yeah. So I'm a part of that, and I couldn't be happier. It's, it's extraordinary. A couple, a couple questions on Billy, because it does seem like you guys mix up the set list uh, from show to show. How many songs do you, know, Billy Joel songs, do you have to know and have in your repertoire ready to go for Billy? You know, it's about 46. Right, okay. Uh, it, it, but um, some of them have receded because we've actually done them at the Garden, and then he's gone, well, I'm not going to play that again. Right, but okay. he might, and, and yeah. we, we sometimes do. But, I mean, it's uh, 46 or 50 songs. Um, and what we do is we have a, a core um, uh, set of songs that need to be in the show, but then then we usually add five or six uh, that is it's mixed up. It's never the same set list ever, ever, ever. I kind of wish it was, but it's never the same set list. And, uh, and it keeps everybody on our toes. And that's the way Billy likes it. Just, he doesn't like complacency. He doesn't, he himself hates to rehearse. He hates to rehearse his own songs, hates to play them. And uh, very often at soundcheck, which we do primarily for our sound man, yeah. uh, he'll come in and, and not want to play any of his stuff. So we'll jam on Queen or Hendrix or, or whatever, uh, a blues or whatever he feels like doing. Or sometimes he'll just come in and play some uh, classical. And then we're going to go up on stage and it's just like, wow, we haven't played that song in months. Yeah, uh, and and we got to pull it out of our uh, our nose and, and do a good job with it. So it's really challenging. Yeah, I can imagine. And and you mentioned a little bit earlier that Billy Joel. I mean, he is a fan of of the harder edged rock and roll stuff like ACDC oh, yeah. and and Led oh, Zeppelin. Shoot. And we've seen on stage yep. with you guys people like Brian Johnson making a special yep. Axl Rose, I believe, right? And yep. uh, the guys oh, yeah. at Borner. Yep. I mean, so yep. what? Uh, what is what is he? What do you think his favorite hard rock artist or band is? Do you know? Is it ACDC? You know, yes, I I think that would be the uh, I think that'd be it. And I know when he's uh, introduced Brian in the past, and when we've done uh, any any ACDC, like that we've been doing a, a song for years, uh, and he was doing it before I joined them with uh, our roadie chainsaw singing it. 
um, and uh, uh, Highway to Hell. And and many times when he introduces that song, he'll tell a quick story about how when he saw them, he he knew that was the best rock and roll band he'd ever seen and would ever see. He was yeah. just so floored by them. So I think, yeah, I think it's for ACDC. And like I said, often and maybe even this coming Friday, uh, we'll at least do that song. Oh, wow. So, uh, yeah, a little you never teaser, know, yeah. you know, but I'm, it, it's always so much fun. It gives him a rest. He gets up on guitar. He doesn't sing and he just wanders around the stage and soaks in the love. So, uh, I, I, you know, I'm always for doing that song because I love that band too. So awesome. Um, awesome. Yeah. Cool. Well, well, Chuck, we're, we're about out of time. I feel like we could easily do a part two and get into a lot well, of be, other I'll stuff. Be up for part two, Mark, whenever, uh, whenever you want, man, this has been a blast and I, um, I so enjoy and I'm so grateful to be able to talk about all these different things in my past because so many of them, they changed my life. And it turns out they changed a lot of other people's lives too. So uh, I could pontificate. Uh, I'm playing with just Blackmore for hours and Billy, forget it. I should be writing my second book already. Wow. Uh, but you know, and all these other great artists in between that I was uh, fortunate enough to work with and record and or tour with. So uh, let's do another one. If you have the time yes. and uh, inclination. Very good. Very good. And we will right, see you me. on stage this uh, this Friday night. My wife and I will be at the show at Madison Square Garden. I'm really looking forward to it. Oh, that is awesome. Are you is you just going by yourselves? Yeah. Yeah. We're just going by ourselves. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, when this is done, I, I have a I have a present for you. So uh, uh, when you when you finish this interview, just stay on for a second. And OK. Uh, We'll move on to something about Friday. Oh, awesome. Cool. All right. Well, on that note, guys, we've been t talking with Chuck Berge, the drummer of so many great artists and bands through the years. And uh, wow, what an honor, Chuck. Thank you for joining us thank here. Thank you, Mark. Well, thank you so much,
Blue in Black by Blue Oyster Cult. That's from 1998, featuring Chuck Berge on the drums. Nice. Great stuff. And a big thanks to Chuck for joining us on the podcast today. To take us out, let's hit some music. A couple tracks. This is Stranded by Void Vader. We're going to keep the music going here on Talking Metal. This is a song called Warrior Queen, and the band is Visigoth, Visigoth, Visigoth. I don't know how to pronounce it, guys. V-I- 
S-I-G-O-T-H. And it's a band that Patrick from uh, Patreon, one of our patrons from Patreon, turned me on to. And this is a great song. Again, Warrior King by by Seagoth, by Sigoth, V-I-S-I-G-O-T-H.
things on today's podcast a song requested by steven sailor this is chaos of cards by alexandra zerner who was recently a guest on talking metal thanks to steven so yeah this has angel wolf black on vocals with uh, alexandra doing the guitars here we go and that'll take us out we'll talk to you next time <laughs>